Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Just let it happen. Be the ball. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. Well, it's kind of difficult with you talking like okay. that. Okay, I'm not talking. Stop talking. And now, The Scorecard presents Swing Thoughts. Some free advice from the best teachers in the game. And hour two here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. Uh, and Barry, one of my favorite segments, uh, the old Swing Thoughts. And we head on out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at AP Nissan. Com. You find him on Twitter at Scott Fawcett. Playinglesson.com is the website. He's one of the hottest teachers in golf and the developer of Decade. Uh, pleased to welcome in Scott Fawcett right now to the scorecard. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, Scott. It's really an honor to have you. Um, Scott, um, you are known as the hottest teacher in golf. Tell us a little bit about your, well, I mean, you are, and I would say probably controversial and polarizing, but I, I, I would add to that. But, but, That's probably more accurate. Well, you know, we try to be, we're trying to be nice early on, you know. Um, I like it. I just woke up, so that's good. <laughs> Scott, tell us a little bit about your background, the, you know, as a, as a player. Uh, I know you have a math background, et cetera. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just your normal, you know, 47-year-old that grew up here in Texas playing all the sports. I never really specialized in golf until I got to college. As a result, I mean, I really didn't even take up the game seriously until ninth or 10th grade, then ninth grade. And, you know, went off to college, played a little bit, played professionally, and then uh, started an electricity company. And then really where it started to change for me, I, I did well in my 20s playing professionally, but not <laughs> good enough. And I met Chris Como actually playing in an underground poker game in 2003 or four. And it's, <laughs> it's hilarious how this is a movie kind of here. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's really funny. If, if you, once people really hear the whole story, they're like, Oh my God, it's so much more. It makes sense now. I mean, Como and I've been bouncing ideas off each other. And, and so I started working on my game with him basically in 2005. Um, 
And that was when I really started first understanding just modern ball flight loss and modern swing theory. I was kind of his first guinea pig for, for doing everything. I was probably the first or second person that ever hit balls in Dr. Kwan's uh, studio here at, at TWU. And that really started, you know, the, the, the poker is where I really started thinking about golf as a math game. I mean, chess and backgammon and, you know, most games actually are math-based games, whether you realize it or not. It just really shifted. I was I was a lunatic in my 20s and as, as a junior golfer, college golfer. I mean, literally the worst person on the planet. Hmm. And it really shifted just having basic understanding of expectations really shifted my mindset. And then as the strokes gain statistics started being released in 2000, I want to say it was about 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote an article on a two plus two, or two plus two is a, a, an online poker form. I wrote an article in 2011 saying is drive for show putt for dough really true. And was using just the crudest of PJ tour stats that like I, I, I cringe telling people that I wrote this thing because if you go back and look at it, like it's horrific mathematically because we didn't have any actual stats yet, but you could see the wheels starting to turn. And then once I realized they were going to release the entire strokes gained statistics, it just, everything became crystal clear how I could use that data set combined with, you know, Como's track man shot patterns of his players and, and my own shot patterns and just combine it all together. And in essence, solve course management, which it was really just a little pet project. I got my amateur status back and I, I entered Q school as a 35 year old amateur, I should say in 2008 and played for a couple of years and then got my amateur status back for a second time. And then that's when I did all this project. And then only because of a, an elbow injury that I caddy for Wills Altors, who I've had to spend the last seven years explaining who that is. Now I don't have to do that anymore <laughs> because of his play. And Honestly, just caddying for him when he won the Texas Amateur and U.S. Junior, and then since I'm in Dallas, DeChambeau was the next guy that I worked with. SMU hooked me up with him right before he won the NCAA's and U.S. Amateur. And next thing you know, I'm talking to uh, some radio people in Chicago as apparently yeah. a hot teacher in golf. <laughs> now, now you know how big time you are. That's um, right. That's and, right. And, and you're going to have a seminar here on June 12th. And uh, the playinglessons.com uh, website is where we people should can... get to the eleventh, I believe. Is the eleventh the Friday? Uh, the, the, the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the June eleventh, but carry okay, on. okay, June eleventh is a Friday. Okay, but if if people are interested, you go to playinglessons.com, and the uh, and the app is Decade. So you just go on what Apple or Google Play or whatever, and, and you get the app. Just wherever you get your apps, yeah. Uh, um, uh, the thing about it is, Scott, I'm trying to explain to people what, look, you know, from a practical, as a practical matter, Will Zalatoris was, what, 3,300th in the world when you met him as an amateur. And then you went mm-hmm. to caddy for him that day. What did you do for him that day? And how much did you have to know about his game and his, his regular statistics for you to help him uh, win the Texas Open? Was it Texas Open, uh, right? Texas Amateur. Texas, Texas Amateur. Well, Texas so, I mean, Amateur. he was a 17-year-old high school. You know, he had just graduated from high school at the time. I've known him since he was nine. So he, the reason I caddy for him, he was a junior golfer at my home course here in Dallas. And, uh, you know, so I've just, as any, you know, Corn Ferry Tour member would with the junior golfers at their home course, I, I was, you know, doing chipping and putting games and ball striking games and playing with them some. Not a whole lot initially. Um but for, for a kid like Will, he hits it so great, as, again, we're all witnessing now, that he really thinks he can do, thought, thinks, still probably thinks, that he can do anything with any given shot. 
And honestly, just realizing that you, your shot pattern is a shotgun, not a sniper rifle. I really think that that image is important. And, and critically, if I'm aiming at a flag on a driving range, I really don't know if the shot 10 yards left, 10 yards right, or right at it. I don't know which one is coming next. I know which one I hope is coming next. But at the end of the day, you, you really lower your scores. I mean, all the way through getting to a, a plus three or four handicap you lower your scores more by, by avoiding bogeys than you do by making birdies. And, and just really using the data and, and images and shot patterns to just tell that story, you know, through the Decade app or through my Decade seminar is just, it's, just it's, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff, the great, the all-time great teachers, the Butch Harmons, the Chuck Cooks, those guys. It's what they've taught forever. I've just laid a quantifiable um, – you know, a, a system to it, if you will, for lack of a better way of saying it, just because, you know, in the past you would say, well, that, you know, that pin's tucked against the lake, aim more towards the green or towards the middle of the green, rather. That's great advice if you're playing somewhere like, uh, you know, uh, Pebble Beach where the greens are super small. You might even need to aim further away from the water than the middle of the green. But that's really bad advice for a place like St. Andrews where the greens are all, you know, 100 yard wide double greens. And that's really the key that I think I, I, I don't, I, you know, it wasn't like I was going out there trying to myth bust stuff, but I think that what I really discovered at the end of the day is golf is the only sport in the world. That's not played on a uniform court. It's not played on a uniform field of competition. And as a result, teaching people to play it is extraordinarily difficult to do for the most part. You know, you're just sitting there and you're, you're getting swing advice and then you just say, go figure it out for yourself what to do with it, as opposed to, you know, like a basketball practice. It's not like you're just teaching somebody to run. You're teaching them how to run the triangle or whatever the current defensive strategies are. But you're literally showing them on the field of competition, this is exactly what's going to happen. And when this happens, you shift here, you shift there. In golf, every single hole, even on every single course, is different. And as a result, these generic middle of the green, get more aggressive, those statements typically fall pretty flat and they're just sound bites because, you know, historically I got nothing better to say. And, you know, as a result, it's just up to the player to figure it out. And, and I do think that I was very similar to Zalatoris, not quite to his level, but I was a really good ball striker and I kind of struggled with my putting. And when you get guys like that, you think I've got to, get it close to make birdies as opposed to I just need to avoid bogeys and trust the birdies will be there most likely on the par fives, most likely when you've got a wedge or less in your hand. And aside from that, man, it's just about avoiding bogeys and just understanding that on the PGA tour from 162 yards in the fairway is where they average three strokes to hole out. For most guys on tour, I'm like, that's a nine iron. <laughs> Can you take this nine iron and put it somewhere on the green and two putt? And 100% of the guys on tour are like, yeah, that's just not that hard to do. Like, well, that's a place to start because you're at least going to keep your card from there. And then people think, well, I'm, you know, I'm better. I, I don't want to be average. Okay, cool. Well, if you have a tighter shot pattern going to the same targets, you will, by definition, just have slightly shorter birdie putts. You'll miss slightly fewer greens. And that's how you're going to separate yourself from average, not because you hit it, I mean, the, the difference in size of shot patterns of the top 20 guys and the, you know, I was about to say, you know, the, the guys losing their card, not the top the guys losing their card, but the top 20 versus numbers 75 to a hundred. It's just not, I mean, it's better, but it's not material. 
they're just better at using that shot pattern and, and again, just kind of tiptoeing around without making big mistakes. We're talking with uh, Scott Fawcett, uh, former tour pro, and as you could tell, a uh, very uh, detail-oriented teacher of the game, the developer of Decade. Uh, it's a course management system. And uh, as Barry was telling me about this, Scott, uh, and we were talking about the show and, and preparing to talk to you, and I love baseball. So to me, it's like, man, this sounds exactly like what happened in baseball however many years ago when, um, you know, the, the Ivy Leaguers came in. I, I'll, I'll say, you know, the Theo Epsteins of the world because he was here with uh, the Cubs in Chicago and really started using numbers and math and probability and some of the stuff you're talking about in the game of baseball. It sounds like you've uh, in some way, shape or form taken that and, and used it in the game of golf. I mean, pretty much. And again, it, it really is important to, to understand I wasn't doing this with I'm going to go create a system that is going to allow me to teach 30 guys on the PGA Tour this week at Colonial or, or what I was doing it because I, I really want to win the U.S. Mid-Am and play in the Masters. Like, that's pretty much my <laughs> only goal I've got left in life. And at 47, that is obviously starting. To, that's a fleeting desire at this point. But really just understanding that you just don't really know what, what what's going to happen on any given shot. And, and that's, that's really the, the critical thing to, I mean, we're all lunatics golf by, by definition, like literally attracts type a people who think they can, you know, that they're special for lack of a better way of saying it. <laughs> and, and that, that they can do anything and it's just not how it works. And that's okay. And, and really understanding that, Anytime that you feel like you should have shot lower, like, man, I, I, I finished this round of golf. I left three shots out there. It's never, those three shots are never, I should have made, you know, six more birdies. It's all, God, why did I three putt from 15 feet? I, I hit a, a bad chip shot to 15 feet. I really didn't want to make bogey. I jammed this 15 footer five feet by, I missed it coming back and I walked off with double. That should have been a bogey. Why didn't over your putt from 15 feet, which is only 23% on the PJ tour. Why didn't you know then that I'm probably walking off this green with bogey. And it's just, it really is hilarious how you break it down into math. And if I had a, a, a Jack queen King and ACE face down on the desk and told you to pick up the Jack and you flipped over the queen, you would not be remotely surprised. And yet go watch the PGA tour today and watch a few guys miss 15 footers and they will look stunned. <laughs> like right. if you flipped over the, if you flipped over the queen, you would be like, eh, whatever. And you would flip over another card. And if you didn't do it again, you'd be like, whatever you'd keep just turning cards over. And that's really the removing emotion that I think decade really does well again, as a self reformed lunatic. Um, <laughs> I just can't describe how much, you know, more pleasant the game is once you drop these ridiculous, uh, you know, you know, expectations of yourself and of every single shot that you hit. It's just, a, it's just, it's untenable at some point. So Scott, so Scott, when, when, uh, from a, as a practical matter, let's say somebody goes right now and downloads your app, um, you know, buys it for whatever. And then as Stuart Sink did, by the way, um, and then went out and won a, <laughs> won a couple of tournaments, but, but when that, when you do that, what else do you have to do? I mean, obviously the the app, the computer, the uh, the program or whatever has to have some information about me as a golfer in order for it to help me, um, you know, as a player. What what do you do then after you download the app? 
so the foundations version is what I created. You know, again, initially when I built this six, seven years ago, well, the app technically about five years ago, um, I was really just building for elite tournament players. Like I, I just didn't think people who shoot 81 would actually, you know, would be interested. It was just, again, this was not some sort of a business venture. Only after seeing a whole bunch of guys download the app uh, did I realize, you know, that, that, and, that shoot 85 and track all of their stats, they realized I need to make something tailored just for them. So what you do when you get the app, there's just the foundations version, which is, you know, a, it's, it's a much slower pace. I've taken the, the six to 10 hours of tutorial content and I've broken it into six months and they release to you every three weeks. It's funny. It was initially going to be a month. And then when COVID hit, I, I sped it up to two weeks. And then I didn't want to go all the way back to a month, so I just left it at, uh, at three weeks. But it forces you, as, as a less experienced player, to digest the information before moving on. And so, you know, you, you, month one is free. If you go to my Twitter profile, you'll, you'll find month one in there for free. And that's just all about shot patterns, how to practice a little bit better. And then the content slowly builds on itself month after month. And I start you slow in foundations with just getting you into the habit of tracking some stats. So the, we, we track the first month and, and first two or three months, actually, that what we call the Tiger Five. Tiger had these five things that he tracked when he was playing, you know, his best golf, in my opinion, late 90s, early 2000s. They were no bogeys on par fives, no doubles, no three putts, no bogeys with nine iron or less, which for the app we've turned into 150 yards or less and no blown easy saves, which obviously is subjective to Tiger's opinion of what an easy save was, and we've turned that into no two chips. And so we start with that, and then we add in penalty shots off the tee, and then we add in strokes game putting. And I'm just building you the habit, rather than just saying day one, I want you tracking stats for 15 minutes after your round. We build you up with two or three minutes, add in another two or three minutes to where then when you get to the elite version of the app, which takes about 15 minutes, once you get to that, you're – you know, it's all, well, shoot, that's only three more minutes than I'm already doing. No big deal. Because to your question, what we then do is we've got these benchmarks for every single scoring average. And so we compare you, if you're a 73 or 83 shooter, to your peer group. And then we show you where you are losing strokes against your peer group. We show you the hurdles that you're going to need to get over in order to knock off the, you know, the next three to five shots from your scoring average. And then the, the, the program goes and finds content that is, you know, that is tailored, to, you know, it wasn't made for you, but it was tailored for you, it was curated for you based on your statistical profile. And what's funny is the I mean, again, technically, I'm, I'm just an amateur golfer. Like, I, I, I don't teach mechanics. All I do is teach people how to score. And so the content that we then curate for you based on your stats is going to be all psychology, mindset, there's a lot of stuff in the data that would really blow people's minds about we can figure out what you're doing strategically. We've got GPS driven statistics. The app has free yardage books. Like we're just trying to get you, you know, a, a young player to think like a tour player as quickly as physically possible. And, and, and what's interesting is all these young kids, I mean, literally, 90% of the kids that are the age 25 or less on the PGA tour right now have sat through my seminar or had the app in college, or I've worked directly with one-on-one. -on -one. And we used to think back in the day that you had to get out on tour and, you know, take three to five years to, to, you know, to air quotes, learn all the shots. 
And what really I think was going on is you had to get out on tour for three to five years, let your prefrontal cortex keep, you know, finish developing, which is where your decision-making process comes. And then you had to figure out how to play, which is why people used to peak in their early thirties, just because it took a long time. It's, it's, it's exactly um, similar to, to whole card cams in poker and math, totally changing that game because you didn't know what everyone was up to, but now with shot link images, and shot patterns and data, you can tell what everyone's up to. I mean, I went by hand through 20,000 of Tiger's shots from the 05, 06, and 09 seasons, 09, 08, whichever one it was, um, to reverse engineer his strategy. I mean, it was just a Como and I, I was doing some work for Como on his stats, trying to find the differences in his game, and I kind of got started down this wormhole. Next thing you know, I'd spent four months analyzing Tiger's entire strategy, <laughs> wow. which, yes, is indicative of how little I have to do in my life. But <laughs> it, just, it just modeled decade perfectly. I mean, so it's really, it's, it's, a, it's an aggressive thing to say, and people give me a hard time about it all the time. But, like, I can teach you how to think like Tiger in about four hours. And that's, wow. again, literally, Zalator sent me a text after the Texas Sam saying, you've given me 25 years of experience. That's what gave me the idea to call it decade because the right. implication is we're going to take decades off your learning curve. Right. And, and um, are there any pl- – I know that there are players who are using your system, and, and there are other players, PGA Tour and regular just regular Joes, who say, you know, I'm a field player and I don't really want to get into the stats, uh, much like some of the old-style uh, baseball fans who say, you know, I don't really want to hear about um, – you know, OPS and all those other, this is kind of like me, you know, cause I don't understand it all, but, um, That's the key. people who just say, Hey, I'm a field player <laughs> and I really don't want to, I don't really want to get into all the, all the stats. What, how do you uh, react to that? I know there are guys on tour that probably mm-hmm. feel that way. A thousand percent. But my only you know statement to them is great. You, you let me know when you're sick of feeling like you left shots out on the course. It, it, Again, what's funny is I get that field player comment all the time. I, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, I, I just want to say, I just, you're just being lazy. You just don't want to put the work in. And, you know, with what Zalatoris has done, like you say, Stuart Sink literally bought the app out of his app store two weeks before he won in Napa last year. Here's a guy that has won a major championship and hasn't won on the PGA Tour in 11 years. Right. Um, he buys the app, and two weeks later he wins, and he's won, he wins again 15 starts later. He has his, you know, a, 12th or 10th or whatever in the masters like the the quote from Stuart think that i've got again on my twitter profile on on my website yeah it's just it's considering it's an unpaid advertisement if you were reading it as an advertisement as a paid advertisement you'd be like well this is just ridiculous this guy's going too far but considering that it's unpaid like this is just literally a question he's answering on pj tour radio like man it's helped me understand everything i love using it it's a simple process it does all the decision making for you. You don't, I don't have to think anymore. I'm like, I'm listening to some PJ to I'm like, thanks man. I feel like I should send you a bouquet of flowers or something, or I guess the, the, the 4 million he's made since buying the app, I guess that should be good enough though. <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what I was going to say, and, and Scott, we could talk for another hour on this and it is very fascinating stuff, but we, we are out of time, but uh, the seminar is June 11th. Uh, Playinglesson.com is the website. Uh, you are at Scott Fawcett on Twitter. I'm looking at your Twitter right now. And as you mentioned, all the decade stuff is right up there. Uh, we really yeah. appreciate your time. It's, it's, it's been uh, it's been very interesting. And, yeah, Stuart Sink uh, having a nice little season uh, here in 21 uh, and uh, ending in 20 for sure. So 
Uh, yeah, pre- it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to accidentally get involved in the game at the highest level, and you know, obviously <laughs> it's all of our passions, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun just being able to have conversations like this with guys like you is it's uh, it's a great way to spend a Saturday morning. So thank you for having me on. Well, well thank we you, Scott, it, very Scott. much. We really appreciate awesome. it, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll be on again. We'll talk to you again. You got it. Take care. Thank Bye. That's Scott Fawcett, PlayingLesson.com. The app is called Decade. Uh, and he has a seminar here in the Chicagoland area on June 11th, uh, so two weeks from yesterday, Barry. And, uh, man, that's uh, some interesting stuff. And uh, certainly it makes sense, and it is very baseball-y, and I mentioned that to him. Uh, it sounds just like a lot of the Moneyball stuff, and I mentioned Theo Epstein and the Cubs. Uh, uh, it sounds like it's it's Moneyball for golf, and I know I just totally am you know, riffing off the top of my head, but... Fascinating guy, certainly a smart guy, and uh, very interesting, very interesting stuff there. So we need to take a break. We are are late for a break because we ran so long talking to Scott. This segment brought to you by Illinois PGA Professionals, experts in the business and game of golf. Before we're out of here, we'll talk to Brad Merrick, who played in the PGA last weekend, Arlington Heights native, uh, and a, a, a golf pro out in California. It's the scorecard, Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back on the scorecard. Presented as always by Chicago District Golfer Magazine and this segment sponsored by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito with you. And we are happy to uh, be talking golf with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8. Scott Fawcett is a pretty fascinating guy, Barry. The guy we, uh, the golf teacher we just had on. Uh, Decade is the app and uh, playinglesson.com where you could find his website. Uh, I'm going to guess that seminar on June 11th is uh, probably going to be pretty full. Well, I I think it would be. It's it's uh, your head explodes when you're listening to it a little bit. Um, yeah, and uh, but I will say, uh, uh, Stuart Sink has some really unbelievable quotes on here. Um, Scott has quantified what I've always thought and felt in my gut. I subscribe to the decade materials just like any other member of the public. I paid for it. We've adhered to it ever since the win in Napa. Um, it was a, it's a great way to play golf. You just have to learn it, trust it, and implement it. Um, he says that on the course, the system makes the decision for us. It takes all the mental energy that would be required to deliberate to make a decision, uh, and it makes the decision for us. It keeps us fresh, and it's pretty simple. 
you have 200 uh, university uh, programs in the country using this system, including Illinois, Stanford, Cal, mm-hmm. Duke, Wake Forest, Pepperdine. He's working with 30 players at Colonial, including uh, and, and DeChambeau. He worked with uh, DeChambeau in, uh, mm-hmm. when he was at uh, Southern Methodist at SMU down in Texas, and he went out and won the U.S. Amateur. Um, and you know that, uh, that DeChambeau is into probabilities and math mm-hmm. and everything like that. So um, Zalatoris, uh, he says, you've given me 25 years of experience in five days. Pretty awesome, man. Thanks so much. So the thing is, to me... Um, if you're a young player, if you're a, a coach of young players, this is the kind of thing you really want to be, uh, at least check it out, be interested in, and in that it can accelerate the learning curve with respect to force to course management. Is it going to help you hit the ball 10, uh, 10 yards farther or, or help you putt better? No, you're still going to have to, to mm-hmm. putt and chip and everything. But if you uh, put your statistics into the into the into the app, uh, just the way that um, the PGA Tour collects shot link information at every tournament and puts it into its system, um, you can benefit from it. So anyway, uh, and I think I think it's one of those things where you probably have to do it mm-hmm. uh, to see the benefits yes. of it. it. It's that it's difficult to describe from the from the outside. So I think I'm hoping that people will at least get a flavor. For uh, for what decade is and for what Scott's yeah. talking about, um, because I think that course management is always a thing, um, even if you're just a, a hacker. Some people say, well, you know, it's easy for uh, for people that are really good players to use something like that. Um, but Scott says, well, even if you're a not a great player, um, why wouldn't you benefit from it? You know, if it right? helps a if it helps a low handicap golfer or a plus handicap golfer, why wouldn't it help? somebody who's not. So anyway, uh, we'll see about it and, and maybe folks will be interested in it. Uh, but it's just something I wanted to bring to the attention of our listeners because it is kind of a cutting edge, um, uh, uh, thing happening in golf now. Well, and it's, and it's absolutely helping people. And, you know, we've just rattled off some of the names. Uh, I just thought, I think it's, it's so interesting. The guy's background is math, poker, and golf. And this is what he's come up with bouncing ideas and and obviously he's got a little of the OCD going there if he went and uh, spent uh, four months analyzing uh, Tiger's uh, playing seasons and every swing from those seasons but um, yeah listen that's you know it, it's it's working it's helping people it's a it's a uh, uh, an interesting uh, listen and certainly a system that's working for people so anyway decades the app uh, playinglesson.com is his website so uh, and, and he is down at Colonial, which brings us right back to, to where we're at uh, with the uh, the Colonial uh, tournament this weekend. Uh, Jordan Spieth is down there, and he's leading at 11 under par. Uh, this is one of his his favorites, I guess you could call it, a home game for him, and uh, he always plays well down at Colonial. Right, and he's, uh, he's leading the tournament by one, so that's good. And uh, we've got uh, Kevin Streelman, who's, uh, who's, who's competing again. He's in the top, I think he's... Uh, tied for 11th or whatever that's correct uh, this, yep. this week and uh, of course Doug Gim our other uh, local interest is uh, T42 so hopefully he can make his way up the leaderboard but uh, but yeah it's a good course for those guys those two fellas and and also for Spieth because it's not an overly long course um, it's more of a course where um, where you have to place your ball in certain places and putting and chipping. You look at the guy some of the guys who have won um, you know Stricker uh, and uh, 
and and Spieth before and uh, etc. So it's a it's a good course for those guys. It's not a bombers course, so they can they can plot their way around. Much like what uh, what uh, Scott Fawcett's talking about, how you uh, manage your game around a golf course like that. Yep, and Phil Mickelson uh, missed the cut, missed a uh, a putt on 18 that would have uh, made the cut, uh, but he's gone for the, from the weekend now. Uh, still plenty of heavy hitters on there. You mentioned Spieth. Uh, Sergio Garcia's up there. You mentioned Streelman, and uh, lots of uh, of big names still av- still playing. Lots of 60s this week. In fact, uh, the top of the leaderboard is almost all 60s, mid to low 60s. So the course is uh, is playing playing in that manner, and uh, it should be a, a fun weekend there at Colonial. Uh, and uh, we will talk more about that. We'll actually talk more about the PGA Championship, Barry. When we come back, as Brad Merrick will join us, he's a PGA pro out of Berkeley, California, but originally from Arlington Heights. And uh, so we've got the local angle there. He went to Hersey High School, played in the PGA Championship last weekend, and uh, will be uh, joining us next to tell us all about it. It's Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito. You have the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score. And we're back on the scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. My guest, Zito, Barry Cronin, here with you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8. Now, Barry, I I don't know a ton about Whitesnake, but I'm going to guess Whitesnake is not Texas music, because otherwise we would have, we would have well, certainly noted it. Well, David I, Coverdale's I, from England, I think. They they might uh, they might be maybe they played uh, in Texas once and uh, and uh, Adam thought that was good so that's great uh, but I don't think they've been to Billy Bob's there down in uh, Fort Worth definitely uh, not in there with uh, you know backing up Merle Haggard or whatever the late Merle Haggard <laughs> hey Mike I wanted to mention before we sure. move on here um, it it is a Memorial Day weekend of course and uh, we remember we remember all of our um, our military people that. Uh, all the way back from all the wars in our country, uh, World War One, World War Two, and uh, and of course up to today. And uh, you know they, we're we're blessed to be uh, to have had those people in a, in our country, and it's great. Um, I just want to mention that Patriot Golf Days uh, are being held over Memorial Day weekend now. Uh, if it's a partnership between the Folds of Honor and the PGA Hope, which helps veterans and their dependents. We had. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney on a couple right. of weeks ago to talk about the American Dunes course. So today, uh, when you pay your greens fee, you can give an extra, uh, you can give extra money, and it'll go to the Folds of Honor, um, <clears throat> which it provides. It's already provided 10,000 academic scholarships, so worth about 50 million dollars to the spouses and children of disabled or fallen uh, service members. Um, whether you're playing golf or not, you can go to PatriotGolfDays.com and, and donate. So just wanted to mention that um, because uh, this is why we're celebrating the Memorial Day weekend and without which there wouldn't be mattress sales. So I you know, want to point that out, too. Yeah. So, no. so you know, that's uh, I just think that's important to do. No, it's it is important. And I'm glad you did it, Barry. Uh, and uh, we now need to uh, head on out to. The Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at APNissan.com. Uh, our guest is a, a local native, uh, played in the PGA last weekend and uh, currently teaching uh, out in California as a PGA professional. Brad Merrick joins us. Brad, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
Good morning, Brad. So so uh, nice to for you to uh, pick up the phone in California where it's 5:40 in the morning uh, rather than 7 <laughs> 7:40. So we we tried to get you on the show as late as possible, but uh, but uh, but thanks for being on, uh, Brad. You uh, explain to pe- I'll explain to people, uh, folks. The uh, PGA of America is the organization that runs the PGA Championship. It's not the PGA Tour. So uh, the PGA of America represents 28,000 uh, uh, golf professionals who mainly work as teachers in golf shops, etc. And they have a big tournament, uh, a bunch of tournaments, and it, they determine the top 20 uh, uh, pro- golf professionals uh, who get to play in the PGA. And Brad is one of those uh, gentlemen. So, uh, uh, and uh, that's why he got to play. So. Uh, you're out in California now, but tell us how you started. You were uh, just a kid growing up in Arlington Heights, and when you took up golf, Brad? Yeah, uh, played, got started over at Twin Lakes over in Palatine uh, with the junior program over there. Uh, kind of matriculated from there over to Arlington Lakes for a season. Uh, went over to Buffalo Grove, got a season pass there. Uh, and then finally kind of landed at Mount Prospect, maybe my freshman year in high school. Uh, and that was the place that I had called home for high school and and when I was back from college. Um, so very familiar with all the Northwest suburban golf and just all the golf courses in the region from, from junior golf and amateur golf days. Right. And you were the Illinois Junior Golf Association Player of the Year. You won the Illinois State Junior Amateur. And then you won, of course, the Illinois Amateur. And you went to uh, Indiana for college and played there. Yeah, yeah. So had had decent amount of success in the Illinois area. Um, kind of parlayed that to a scholarship to Indiana. Um, and then played, if you, you name a mini tour in the, across the country after college, and I, I was there. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's one of the things, you know, we, to, we we highlight the tour. We like to highlight a lot of things about local Chicago area golf. Uh, and you're currently teaching now at uh, the Brad Merrick Golf Academy in Berkeley out in California. But, you know, all of the, you know, the things that you're trying to do to try to make it uh, in the biz, so to speak, trying to get on the tour, uh, that those mini tours, it had to be a grind and uh, and obviously something that a lot of people do as they're trying to to make it onto the PGA Tour. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the amount of miles that you put on your car as a mini tour golfer is, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're looking at 25, 30,000 miles a year, uh, driving from stop to stop for the most part. Uh, I used to spend winters in Orlando. So, uh, you know, you make, make the drive down there in November and you make the drive back to the Midwest, you know, sometime in April or May. Um, not a super glamorous life, but I was really fortunate to have uh, group of really good friends that I traveled with during those years. Um, and that made it a, a lot more fun, uh, a lot easier in that regard. And then also cut down on a lot of the costs because you're sharing, sharing hotels and gas. You have people to play practice rounds with. So it's, it, it's a grind, but it's also, it was, those years were also super fun. Uh, I mean, you're obviously you're playing golf pretty much all day, every day, and you're with some of your best friends too. That's cool. Uh, and then, so now you you had never played in the PGA Championship uh, before. I mean, had you ever played in a PGA Tour event? No. So this was actually my first. I uh, went right from the mini tours to the majors. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who needs the who needs that stepping stone? You know, just go. What the heck? Exactly. Exactly. 
So, no, so there was uh, certainly a little bit of a culture shock because it's not like I had played in a, you know, not that any PGA Tour event is small, but not like I had played in just a normal PGA Tour event or, and then, you know, got my feet wet there and then played in the PGA Championship. So, um, yeah, went straight to the PGA Championship, but I'm sure that with COVID they had limited fans there, limited grandstands, things like that. So, I'm sure that helped the adjustment a little bit because I know in 2012, the last time they had the PGA there, I think there were 30,000 fans on property. Right. <laughs> and and this week it wasn't quite that many. I think they sold 10,000 tickets and estimated right. with, with all the, the kind of freebies, there were around 13 or 14,000 people on property. So so how did you prepare for this event, um, Brad? Um, so I got out there really early. Um, I, I knew the course was going to be very challenging. I think just from a course rating perspective, I think it's one of, if not the hardest in the country. So uh, we got out there. My wife was able to work remotely for that first week that I was out there. So she, we got out there uh, just a little over a week early. Um, and most people might not know this, but as a, you know, as a player in the PGA Championship, the course was shut down to the public on May 1st. But as a player, we have access uh, to it throughout that whole time. So uh, my first day at the course was the Thursday before the event, so a full week before the event. Um, And I was there. The first day I was there, I played 18 holes. And then every day after that, I played nine holes. But it's not your typical nine holes of golf. It's nine holes. It's taken three, three and a half hours. So we take we had all the pin sheets from the previous PGA championship and, you know, between my coach, my, my caddy and I, my wife, we'd lay out all the old hole locations um, and then throw a couple ones that we thought they might use this year. And so hitting a bunch of putts, a bunch of chips, things like that to those hole locations. So got to learn the greens pretty quickly. Um, They're very, very challenging, but I thought we went about it in a way that left me very prepared at the end of that week. Yeah. yeah, and Brad, as as uh, like you said, I mean, you kind of went over how you prep there, but uh, I, I'm assuming a lot you, you're leaning too on some of the things you teach your students, right? I mean, uh, and some of the things you incorporate into into your um, your golf academy. Oh, hundred percent. Because I mean, a lot of what I stress with them is just going about things the right way, practicing the right way, uh, preparing for an event the right way, um, you know, and just leaving no stone unturned in your quest to get better as a golfer. Um, you know, and I really thought, you know, from a, from a planning perspective, um, we did that, you know, as with my team over the course of the week of the PGA, I thought from a planning perspective, we knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And, um, you, uh, you had, you got to meet some of the top pros and play with them. Is that right? Yeah, uh, then it started pretty early on in the week. Uh, so the first few days I was there, there was pretty much no one else there. Um, so those practice rounds were by myself. Um, and then kind of Sunday, there started to be a few more people on property. Uh, Sunday, there were probably about 20, 25 guys that, that started to show up. And then Monday was very full. I mean, almost everybody is there on Monday. So, uh, But on Monday, I had the fortune of playing with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, who spent the semester at Northwestern. Um, and then Victor Perez, um, who's a, uh, he's from France. And those guys are both, I think, Matt's 17 in the world and Victor's 33 in the world um, and got to play nine holes with each of them in a practice round. 
and both of their caddies are European legends. Um, Matt's caddy, Billy Foster, had been out there for probably 25, 30 years. Um, and uh, Victor's caddy was uh, used to caddy for Roy McIlroy. So he won. He was on the bag when Rory won in 2012. Um, so just and those two guys could not have been more accommodating uh, and tried to pick their brain for, you know, how they go about getting better, how they look at courses like this in terms of, you know, from a strategy perspective, what they're trying to what they're trying to avoid, what they're trying to, you know, do in, in terms of getting themselves in position to attack and make, you know, at least some birdies. It's <laughs> it's a course that's not a whole lot of birdies are going to be had, but there are, you know, obviously if you if you want to make the cut and, and move up the leaderboard, you're going to have to make some somewhere. So. Well, and, and you certainly, I mean, that's that's got to be pretty heady then when you start playing on Thursday and then it's like, well, I, I'm I'm on the lead, you know I'm I'm at, at the top of the leaderboard, not a top, but you know you're you're right up there and in contention, and uh, I'm sure that uh, has got to be pretty heady stuff as as a first timer. Yeah, uh, that was you know, and I I think that really helped playing with two guys like that. I mean, you play nine holes with them, you see, I mean, obviously you're a little overwhelmed with the situation in your first major, just not really knowing what to expect, but then you kind of dive right in, and it's just like, oh, okay, I mean, these are you know, two guys that have a legit chance, you know, at winning any tournament they tee it up in. And, you know, you see that they're obviously very, very good, but it's not, you know, I understood that if I followed my process, you know, I would have a chance for success that week. And you had a lot of support uh, out there, uh, family, et cetera. Who, who, how many folks did you have come out and, uh, it was, I think on Thursday, it was probably between 20 and 25, um, almost all of which, uh, all, almost all of who had a bucket hat on as well. Uh, so that was a big <laughs> surprise. I didn't know they were, I didn't know they were doing that in advance, uh, but it was pretty easy to pick up my fans uh, um, yeah. on, on Thursday and Friday. Right. And then, and... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, and then, you know, kind of, some people couldn't get off work for Friday. So it kind of, you know, maybe a few less on Friday and then, but also a, f- a few more flew in over the weekend after I made the cut. So I, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 2025 20, most days. Oh, making the cut is a big deal. Um, I know that uh, the PGA of America always wants to see its guys uh, make the cut because there's always this, I mean, years ago there was, there were 50 uh, PGA professionals in that tournament and, uh, and they've, they've winnowed it down over the years because the PGA tour guys, you know, always complain that ah, these guys can't play. So for you to make the cut uh, really legitimizes, I think uh, uh, the uh, PGA section players from all over the country. So that's uh, you got to feel good about that. Oh, hundred um, percent. You know, especially in first, in the first one of those, um, you know, I'm very, very proud of the fact that I was able to do that. Um, conditions the second day, you know, for people that didn't watch on TV were just unbelievably brutal. Um, I had very late tea time on Tuesday. I think it was two twenty or on, on Friday. Um, I think it was two twenty six, and we certainly got the worst of the wind that day. Um, so I was hitting the ranges right into the wind and I was hitting range balls on, uh, had the TrackMan launch monitor out before the round just to try to figure out the best way to keep it underneath the wind on the end of the wind shots. And was hitting nine irons that were going, uh, <laughs> good nine irons that were going about 105 or 110 yards, um, which for me is usually 
you know, in the 150 to 155 neighborhood. Hmm. Um, good drives that were going 228 in the air. Um, and they had a, you know, they'd have a board up there on, on the right side of the range that was, you know, of other people that were hitting on the range and how far just for the, the fans to be able to see. And I mean, even Bryson was, you know, you'd see 185, 190 ball speed, and it was carrying 260 mm-hmm. when he's used to carrying it 320, 330. So it was just, it was unbelievable the amount of wind uh, that was in the, the Friday second round. So we knew we were in for a battle, um, and I was fortunate enough on Friday to, we had four holes downwind to start, and then I had nine straight holes back into that wind. Um, and got up to a really good start on Friday. Um, birdied 10, which hit a lob wedge into 10. Um, and then 11's a par 5. This will show you how windy it was. I think it was driver 6 iron on a 600-yard par 5 that I got right under the front fringe. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. Hey, the other thing that you got, got some attention for, and uh, I know we have to go in a sec, Mike, is um, you got on TV because of your pregame exercise uh routine which they which they compared to uh uh jimenez uh so could talk a little bit of, we are nothing in the media we're nothing we focus on we love to focus on the trivial but uh, so, so tell us about your tell us about your exercise routine and you were up on the up on the driving range doing it <laughs> so this so you have to understand we're used to playing uh you know i'm used to playing in front of either no fans or like 20 people so um you know i and guess I never, ne- certainly never really saw it on video, but it's, uh, I kind of stole it all from uh, a strength coach that I worked with in the past, Jonathan Moore, um, who works with the Oklahoma State golf team. So it's kind of a dynamic range of motion warm up. But um, when you put a bucket hat on and are six foot six, it looks <laughs> pretty ridiculous. <laughs> hey, um, but it works. Right. It works, though. It works. Yes. It works. Yes. So I've been uh, received plenty of uh been been the been the brunt of plenty of jokes from that one from my buddies and uh so did not expect that as we were coming off the course on friday well thanks so much brad we really appreciate uh, you jumping on the phone with us uh today yeah uh, we wish you best of luck in uh in your pursuit of getting into the u.s open and and going along so thanks so much we gotta go thanks so much have a good day all right thank you brad Uh, That was Brad Merrick, a golf pro out in California, Arlington Heights native, played in the PGA uh, Championship. Our thanks to him, to Scott Fawcett, to Drew Davison, and to Ryan Oaks. Barry, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, as always, my friend. Thanks so much, Mike, for doing a great job, and we'll have another exciting show next week. Absolutely, and uh, our thanks to Adam Studzinski for producing this. Before we get out of here, we want to... Remind you once again to log on to cdga.org slash contest. Register to win a CDGA season starter pack. In the pack, you get an imperial hat, towel, zero friction super tube with Spectrumat, golf balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need to start the season. That's cdga.org slash contest. Early odds is next. Inside the clubhouse after that, I'm Mike Esposito. Enjoy your Saturday, and thanks for listening to The Scorecard here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.